Good morning, church. Um, I'm Pastor Harold. For you, those of you that don't know, um, I'm a preaching pastor. Celebrate the journey, um, and you may have heard a lot of things about me. Um, but this morning, you know, I won't be crowd surfing or anything like that. Um, so it's, you know, I, I need to reserve a little bit of energy um, for the next service. Um, it's just such a blessing, you know. I I got to see some people like um, like Dave Daly, who used to um, for years he brought me like a bottle of water every every night on um, before I preached. And, uh, you know, so I haven't seen him maybe for a few years now. And so it was just refreshing. Um, so much, so much love in this church and from the people. So I wasn't supposed to do that. But the people who know me real well know, you know, anything might happen at any moment, right? So we're in this series, Life's a Beach, and um, last week, Pastor Dave took us to uh, the Red Sea, and he got us across the Red Sea, and now this week, um, I've been, you know, my assignment is to, like, get you across the Jordan River, so let's see how that goes. Um, you know, there's so much um, to be said about um, who we are in, in our life, and, and, and when we come to Christ, and, you know, salvation, um, and then Jesus kind of like um, pushes us on, onwards to, to this place, uh, this place that uh, today we're going to talk about. It's a place of promise. It's a place that uh, Jesus wants us to live in him. So you might be wondering how like the Jordan River uh, like relates to us today. And the answer would be the same, same way that it related to Israel back then. You know, um, the thing about uh, them crossing the Jordan River, because this was actually like the second time they had got, you know, this close to the, uh, to the Jordan River or to the Promised Land, you know. And the first time they came there, you know, like it was a bad, like the spies, because they sent out spies the first time and the second time to kind of like scope out the land, she was in the um, spies the first time, um, they kind of, you know, messed things up. And it kind of like left them hanging out in the wilderness for a whole bunch of years until, uh, you know, God kind of shook up things and, you know, moved some people out of the way. And uh, then they came back again. And this time Joshua was going to um, actually get them across to the other side into the land of promise. And, you know, salvation is like the beginning of that journey. You know, like we kind of like, you know, we come to Christ and we start trying to figure things out. Um, but there's so much more. And, and you know, like the, the Jordan River kind of represents the obstacles that we come, come up against. You know, Pastor Dave talked last week about how, you know, you know, we have trouble in this life. You know what I mean? Like, not part of this Christian walk is that God is with us in the trouble and that his peace, uh, like, sometimes um, overtakes us in a way that we don't even understand. Sometimes, you know, I have so much peace in the midst of chaos that I'm like, wow, this can't be me. It must be God. So just like Israel, you know, um, 
they had to come to this place where they, this, this obstacle that was standing between them and, and deeper life, you know, uh, 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 full life, fullness of, of life in Christ, full surrender, you know. And I think we all come to these places in our lives where we have to decide, like, am I going to go on or am I just going to be like, you know, I come to church on Sunday, you know, I put a little money in the, plat in the basket, um, you know, I try to be nice to most people. Or are we going to go, like, you know, on to, like, fullness in Christ? Are we going to go on to this place of promise, this place that Jesus calls us to? Let's, let's look at the text. Joshua 3, 1 through 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out to sit him. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over and at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. And the thing about the Ark of the Covenant, that was the, you know, where God's presence was at, right? You know, we're fortunate now because we are actually, we're the Ark of the Covenant because God's presence abides in us. But for them, you know, like they had God's presence abided in this Ark of the Covenant. And so like to follow God was, or, or to, to, to follow his presence was to follow the Ark of the Covenant. But now we have, you know, I have this, like I was up, man, like four o'clock this morning. And it was just, I was like, all right, Lord, you know, I need a little bit more sleep. But, you know, these guys, you know, I want to I talk to you, you know. So I kind of go and pull out my, you know, my Bible and I go in. I think it was 6 o'clock in the morning. I was watching Pastor Dave from last week. Um, but, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, just trying to be uh, aware and, and in tune with, with, with God's presence and, and how he was leading me. But, you know, like I said, his, his presence is in us. And sometimes we just need to be still enough, you know, still enough and quiet enough, you know, to like really see where his presence is leading us. And, I'm, and I guarantee you his presence will always lead you to that, that, that Jordan River in your life, that, that place where it's time for you to like cross over or, you know, leave some things behind. Because we'll see like that part of, uh, of this process or part of this journey is like becoming willing to like, you know, let go of everything to hold on to Jesus. So we'll, we'll see as we continue on. And then um, in verses in Joshua 3, 5, and 6, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. There's times in our lives where, you know, where the Holy Spirit kind of like will consecrate you. He will, he will like, he will take some things out of your life. Some things that he takes out of our lives, we're kind of like we're aware of. Sometimes we're not so aware. You know, I'll I never forget the day that one of my close friends came to me and he said, hey, man, you know something? Uh, you don't use profanity anymore. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't, do I? 
You know, and it was, and what I realized is that in that area of my life, the Holy Spirit had consecrated my life and just took some things out of my life. And it was like, oh, okay. Um, I, you know, and, and that is, you know, that continues. That was many years ago. But, you know, there was also things in my life, like 29 years ago, I had to step out of addiction. You know, for the people who know me real well, know I have, you know, I was at one point in my life, you know, I was a homeless heroin addict. And here I stand, right? So, um, so, so one of the things that um, I had to do was I had to, like, um, let go or position myself to, like, move, move out away from my addiction. And, and so that meant, you know, letting go of some people and some situations and some things. Um, and, and then God, you know, God did the rest, obviously. You know, you don't get from, you know, a homeless heroin addict to this place without, you know, God's hand on your life and God's intervention and God doing a whole bunch of things. But, you know, like I said, it was, but there's also these times, you know, where God would just, you know, remove somebody out of your life, remove a situation, you know, um, but there's always those times where we come up against those obstacles that God requires us, you know, to like, you know, step into the water. You know, like, you know, like it didn't, the, the Jordan didn't part until, you know, the priests, you know, they stepped into the water and then the water parted, you know. In case you didn't know, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? And so sometimes we have to step into the water to experience what God wants to do for us. Sometimes we got to put, you know, one foot in front of the other. Um, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Apostle Paul talks to us about this journey and this process and, and some of the things that uh, we need to do. Brothers, I do not, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I string forward to what lies ahead. I press towards the gold of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. If I was going to like kind of, you know, interpret this, I would say like I press forward to this place of promise. I, I press forward, you know, and I'm willing to like, you know, leave some stuff behind. I'm willing to, to, to let go. I remember, and I tell this story all the time, you know, um, so people have probably heard it before. But I, I remember, for me, you know, like my Jordan River, one of my Jordan Rivers or one of my obstacles was the first day that I walked into this church. That was like 17 years ago. And I walked through those doors, and, you know, like I got fear. I was like, ah, I don't belong here. I don't fit. There's nobody else here that looks like me. Right? And, and so I was standing right there in the doorway. And I was, you know, I was like trying to figure out like how I could like get out of here without making too much, you know, bringing too much attention to myself, you know. And uh, this lady, this, this, this spirit-filled lady, this, this beautiful young lady, you know, said to me, she grabbed my hand. She didn't even, she just grabbed my hand. And she said, hey, you can come and sit with us and worship. And she had me, and she's little, like, you know, I mean, she had my hand, and she dragged me over to the chair. And um, I've been sitting here 
every Sunday for the last 17 years. So sometimes, my point is that sometimes we need somebody who has already crossed over the Jordan, somebody who's already living life on the other side to like grab us and encourage us and pull us over. Sometimes we need that. We need a brother or a sister to, to like grab hold of us and walk with us side by side. And Marge Tepper did that for me. You know, I always think like, you know, because when, you know, she brought me over to sit with her, you know, Paul, who's went on to glory. Um, Paul, you know, had gave me a look like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, and, but then he gave Marge a look like, oh, you, you always doing something, you know, like. Um, but uh, I thank God for her because, like I said, I needed that. You know what I mean? When, when I was really ready to turn around because so many times in my life I had came to that place where I just turned around and wandered, wandered around the wilderness. So it was, it was a blessing that I was able to like, uh, you know, be encouraged or motivated past the fear. Fear sometimes, you know, it's just, it's really about leaving because we become comfortable. Like, you know, we can become really comfortable, like, coming to church every Sunday. And like I said, being pretty much, I'm a nice guy, you know. Um, and we can be comfortable with that. And so when Jesus calls us to more, you know, um, we, yeah, I'm good. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it takes all that or I don't really want to, like, be, you know, that far out there, because people might, you know, start saying, ah, oh, he's, he's a Bible thumper, he's this, he's that. So, so many reasons, you know, that we allow fear of what others might think. Well, fear of just, you know, not, because uh, uh, part of this journey is about, um, like, self-denial, right? I like me a little bit, right? So, sometimes it's difficult to let go of me, for me to get out of the way and, and, and allow Christ to kind of like do what he's desiring to do in me and through me. So, you know, this fear can be like paralyzing. You know, like as I stood at the back of the church, they're paralyzed. And fear like, ah, they're not going to like me. I'm not from where they're from. You know, just all these thousands of thoughts just running through my mind. But somebody help me. Sometimes, uh, like Paul said, you know, we got to like, you know, leave some stuff behind. Some things. You know, it was a lot of things that I had in my life that didn't really serve me well as I was moving forward uh, to this place of promise in Christ Jesus. Like it was, it was things that I had to like let go of. Attitudes, uh, dispositions, the way I thought about. You know, like I come from, you know, like a very like, uh, like tough love kind of background. And there were some things that I had to let go of. And I understand that, that God might not always do whatever it is that he's doing the way that I think that he's always done it. I, was, I had to take God out, uh, allow him to live outside of the box in my life. There's people we got to leave behind. Right? It's people we got to live. Sometimes some of those people is family. You know, it's people who, who like stand in between us 
and deeper life in Christ. And we had to like, you know, sorry, but uh, I'm going over here. I'm going to live in this place of promise. And the reality is that a lot of times when we make the decision to live in the place of promise, when we make a decision to cross over the Jordan, um, a lot of times those very people are the people who need to see you living in the land of promise. Instead of like constantly, you know, one guy like I, I met recently, um, we've, you know, I've been talking to him, you know, and he got a situation where he's trying to control like his family and his, you know, his wife and kids and, you know, and he's like consumed with it. And I was telling him like, dude, you got, you got to let that go. You got to trust God with them. But you need to like come on over here, you know, and live on this side of the Jordan, this place of promise. Because when you do that, then your family can see the reality of, of Christ working in your life. And then they might become willing to allow Christ to work in their lives. But as long as you're trying to do the work, you know, I always tell people like when I get my hands on something, it's almost a guarantee that it's going to be messed up, right? Like, then I'm going to, like, really mess it up, you know? But as soon as I take my hands off and allow God to do whatever it is, because sometimes I'm like, ah, God, you, you, you're being too rough, or I can't let them, you know, go without, or I can't, you know, and, and I'm negotiating with God about how I want him to move in a given person's life. And, and oftentimes God just says, just get out the way. You know, just get out the way, Harold. It's, 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 I'm doing this. You know, and I'm not doing it based on how you think it should be done. I'm doing it because I'm sovereign and it's going to get done. Because I promised you I would take care of your family. I promised you that I would keep you and I would keep them. And so sometimes we just got to, like, move out of the way and allow people to be where they, where they need to be. Because sometimes we are the obstacle that's keeping them from coming to Christ. And then, you know, sometimes we kind of like, it's hard for us to see that. But sometimes we are the person or the one that's in the way of that person actually having an opportunity to see Christ. Before coming, you know, uh, to the Jordan River, God, all, he told the people like over and over again, over and again, God does this. He prepares us for, for our Jordan rivers. But he told the people, be strong and courageous repeatedly. Repeatedly, because he knew like they would come up against, you know, obstacles and fear. You know, um, they would come up against different variables that would like make them uh, reluctant to cross over to the other side. And you would think like, man, uh, the promised land. The promised land, and you know, like the spies, like, yo, man, they got grapes over there as big as oranges, and they, you know, it was just like when you just, I'm just listening to them tell the story, you know, and then, you know, but you had these other spies, it was like, yeah, but it's giants over there too. And like to them, we look like grasshoppers, right? And they'll just squash us. So then they lost focus on, Man, because, you know, I think I love grapes, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get me some grapes, big grapes and fruit and promise and just 
blessings. I'm going to get that. But the voice, sometimes the loudest voice is that voice that says, yo, it's giants over there. And they're going to squash us. And then we forget everything that God has already done for us and that he even brought us through the Red Sea. And now we stand at the Jordan contemplating like, ah, I can't cross over there. I want to stay where it's familiar at. You ever been there like just, I, I, this is familiar. You know, I know like, I, you know, it's not such a great place to be. Addiction is like that. A lot of times people who struggle most with addiction is the familiarity of like, this is comfortable to me. You know, I know what's going to happen. I know like when I get stressed out, if I take this or if I drink that, that, you know, I'm going to have at least a few moments of fake peace because you never have real peace. Because as soon as the drugs or the drink or whatever it is, you know, wears off, you know, you're right back to where you started. And Jesus doesn't, doesn't like offer us that. He offers us this, this life abundant. You know, I, I think about um, how I get to uh, live a life like this, so blessed. You know, like I was just, you know, people was coming up to me this morning. Hey, Pastor Harold, I was, you know, I heard you was preaching. I'm there, you know, uh, Renee, grab me. Let me pray for you. You know, and somebody prayed for me in the back. And just like love was just overwhelming. And I was like, this is, this is how I want to live. I want to live in this space of, you know, um, controlling, trying to control my kids and, you know, I wish, I wish Scooter would, you know, and, you know, do this and do that. You know, I wish Rachel would, like, you know, clean her room. <laughs> you know, like, just, you know, and really being, like, obsessed with it, like, and just, you know, what I need to do. We just had it. I, I just had an incident with, with Rachel um, two days ago. And so my wife and Rachel both are, like, I'm... As you can tell, I got a big mouth, right? So, like, even when I'm talking, like, normally, you know, like, their perception is that I'm hollering at them. So, I was telling Rachel, was, I, I took her, she wanted to go to Wendy's. I took her to Wendy's. But in Wendy's, she, you know, she's into this TikTok thing. And she was playing TikTok or whatever that is. Tic-tac, TikTok. Ah. But the, it was, like, music on, and the music was, like, fuck. And so I was like, hey, Rachel, can you do me a favor and turn that off? And she was like, Dad, it's just TikTok. I play it all the time. And I said, turn it off. So then by the time we get home, now I'm telling my wife, yeah, she's playing this TikTok. And I'm hollering and I'm screaming. And Rachel's crying. You know, and my wife looks at me like, look, you're going crazy about TikTok. You know, and, 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 you, and you miss the ideal because Rachel's thing now is she's 14 and she's like, yeah, I, I don't believe in all that church stuff. You know, and, um, you know, it, it, it occurred to me that maybe I could just love her, right? And maybe I could just trust God 
to do whatever. Because, you know, one thing, this is, you know, every night I go into her room, every night without fail, and I just, I lay my hands on her and I pray for her. Every night. And, and this crazy thing is, like, she could be in her room doing stuff, watching movies, talking on FaceTime, whatever she does. But every night when I come into her room, she kind of, like, positions herself in her head for me to pray for her. Like, she just so, and, it, and, it, and I, sometimes I walk out of her room baffled, like, man, why is she? Because every, every time I go in there, I'm thinking, like, she's going to be like, because if I just come in there for no other reason than to pray for her, Dad, get out of my room. This is my room, right? But whenever I go in there, every night, and she'll say, good night, Dad, and she'll say, my friend said good night. You know, and I was like, all right, say, take care, everybody, because, you know, she's on FaceTime. But my point is, is that what my perspective is about uh, letting God do whatever it is that he wants to do. It's always successful. I always feel better. But when I come in here, ah, like a raving lunatic, it just goes south. Then I'm always, ah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to holler at you. So, so, so there's a, it's an important thing that Jesus says to us in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came. Jesus said he came that we can have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. And that means, like, that means that Jesus said that I came so you can live in a place of promise. So you can have life like God intended you to have. But we have to become willing to, 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 to follow the lead. I always talk about, you know, you know like, like it's, I'm blessed. I feel like I'm blessed as a pastor because, you know, I, I listen to a lot of preachers, you know, just because that's what I do. But, uh, you know, Pastor Dave, that's my dude, man. He, you know, I'm an, I'm an official Buckeye, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of converted me, you know, like, he kind of like, I know, I know, but, you know, sometimes you got to follow the leader, right? But, like, he, you know, just as Joshua was, like, leading the people, you know, Pastor Dave was trying to lead us to, to this better place, to, to this promised place, this place where, 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 where we, we celebrate. We celebrate, like, you know, I come in, I, man, I love our worship service, um, and, and we come in here, and we, we come together, and, you know, um, some of us, you know, raise our hands, and some of us sing, some of us don't, but we all together, right, worshiping, celebrating Christ and what he's doing in our lives. We celebrate, that's what we celebrate, we celebrate together, you know, um, and people can see that, and, and then we, we, we connect. We connect with each other, small group, we hang out. I got, I'm telling you, I got, I got dudes in here, man, that I've been rolling with for like years, years. Like, I'm talking about years. They came in struggling, and we struggled together, and we got to the other side, and some of us crossed, some of them still is like on the other side of the jury, and I'm like, come on over, bro. You know, we'll come get you. You know, because that's what we do. The Bible says, Jesus said that, that they'll know that you belong to me. They'll know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. 
And it's not just talking about the lovable, because I got some guys in my life that are like lovable. They're just easy to be around. And then I got some unlovables in my life that just, ah, this guy. Or I see his name on my phone, he's calling me late at night. I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? God bless you, man. What's going on? You know. But um, it's, just, it's just a blessing to be in a position where, where we can connect, where we can kind of like follow the lead. I remember when um, Pastor Dave kind of like was pushing this. Let's celebrate together. Let's, let's connect. Let's care for each other. Let's, let's be concerned. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm bivocational. That means that I work a full-time job as a social worker and a motivational coach, and I work with homeless families, and I try to help them, like, uh, you know, move out of poverty and not be homeless anymore. Um, and, and that's what I do. And, but then I, I, I'm, I'm at church, and, 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 and I'm a pastor here, and, and, and I'm available, right? Because I will, like, walk with anybody to get them across to the other side of the river. Call me. People know. People call me. Call me. I'll hang out with you. I'll eat with you. You can tell I love to eat, right? But we, we, we can just spend time, whatever. I'll listen to you. Some people just need to talk. Some people need to be talked to. But whatever it is, you know, um, just reach out. And, you know, I'm here because caring is such an important, not only is it important for me to be doing, it was important for me. I needed to be cared about. I needed people to, like, love me through my, 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 my obstacles. We had a situation with Rachel a while ago, man, that, um, I didn't think that we were going to, like, make it over. And I'll never forget, like, I, I was in church, and I was coming, I was broken, and, and, and I guess Pastor Dave could see that, and I was coming, we was, you know, I was leaving out of church, and um, he grabbed me by the hand, he said, let me pray with you, bro. And I was like, yo, Pastor, like, all these people around. You know, and he, was, and he prayed with me. And I was like, wow. He wasn't embarrassed to pray for me and in front of everybody. And sometimes we had to like move past, you know, like our own personal reservations and hangups and obstacles and, and, and scenarios that we kind of like put together in our head to to like keep us from like engaging, keep us from caring. You know, sometimes we'll be like, that person might not like me. But, but God is telling me to like pray for them or God is telling me to talk to them. Or God is telling me to like, you know, I feel compelled to ask them how they're doing. Sometimes we just need to like be like available to each other, to care. One of the things I always tell, I always tell the brothers that, that I minister to, like the sisters got us beat, right? Because they, 
they hang and they do stuff and they watch movies. They, they do all kinds of stuff. I listen to them, I'm like, man, they had so much fun. You know? Like sometimes, you know, it's it's rare. Every now and then we do stuff and we have some fun, but the sisters, man, like I said, they got us beat. They just really about together, they get the kids. You know, we don't want the kids. Like, you just want to hide. <laughs> you know, but the sisters is really, you know what I mean, um, with the caring piece and the connecting piece, they really have, like, you know, led the way, man. They show us, you know, they got, like, these, you know, women of the word. And they got some stuff going on. We ain't got no men of the word kind of thing, you know. We got some groups, though, and we do some stuff. But, you know, my point is, is that it's essential that, that we as a church, see, the, the land of promise is this. The land of promise is that when we stop coming to church and we become the church, right? The land of promise is that when we live in this space that, that, that we celebrate as a matter of fact because of who we are and we connect because of who we are and we care because of who we are, it's not so much what we do, but it's who we are. And then we start living in this space that is just a natural, it's just a natural thing for us to like connect and celebrate and care for one another. It's natural, it's just what we do. It's who we are. That's what living in the land, the place of promise is. It's about being who we call to be, the church, the body of Christ. That's who we are. So let's just, this morning, let's, let's kind of leave out thinking about being who Jesus said we are. He said we are his church. He said we belong to him. He said that we've been bought with a price. We've been paid in full. All you got to do is put your feet in the water. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And I thank you for how you're moving in our church and how you, you're, you're, you're building us up and, and how you are allowing us to like help others cross over. And, and those of us that are staying at the bank of the river, they're, they're standing on the beach contemplating. I thank you because you have sent someone to help them across. I pray, God, that you would just speak to the hearts of your people. We are now the Ark of the Covenant. Your presence abides in us. Would you speak to us, Father? Would you, would, you, would you just lead us? Lead us to the Jordan rivers in our lives. We'll cross because we know that you'll be with us on the other side. So this morning, Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for my church. I thank you for the love that I get. I thank you, God. Because I didn't try to crowd surf this morning. Because I'm subject to do some things. But I thank you for loving me just as I am. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks so much for watching this video. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you got a lot out of it. If you feel like you need to respond, you can visit fairviewvillagechurch.com prayer and you can fill out the forms there and let us know how we can be praying for you. Or you can scan the QR code below and that'll take you everywhere you need to go for next steps. Thanks so much for joining. We hope you have a great week and looking forward to connect with you.